Hey, everybody. It's Jason. I know you've heard my voice many times in the podcast, and I'm here to tell you about something very interesting coming up. I want to let you know about an incredible opportunity for you to get free tips and strategies to build and monetize your personal brand. My good friend Rory Vaden is a New York Times bestselling author and Hall of Fame speaker, and he and his wife founded a company called Brand Builders Group. And they have put together a huge online summit where they're interviewing some of the most influential personal brands in the world on their never-before-shared secrets of how they became who they are today. So who's speaking at the summit? We've got Lewis Howes, got Michael Hyatt, Dennis Rodman, Kevin Harrington, Jay Bear, Donald Miller, and more. This is a rare opportunity for you to hear the stories about how they became New York Times bestselling authors, how they built high-paid keynote speaking careers, how they have grown massive online followings, and exactly what they have done to create large, multi-seven-figure businesses. If you're someone who is looking to create any type of influence, you have to check this out. It's totally free, and you're going to be learning from the masters who've actually done this. So I want you to encourage to head over to the show notes today. And in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to this summit. Again, completely free. Take a look at it. I feel super confident you will find it valuable. And now, enjoy the episode. My guest today is Brandy Whalen, the co-founder of Kitcaster, the premier podcast booking agency, and I think just as importantly, mother of three. Yeah. Welcome, Brandy. How are you today? I'm doing great. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing well. So glad to have you on. So um, for everybody, for the audience listening, um, Brandy's company, Kitcaster, has sent me some amazing guests, so I thought I'd have Brandy on as well, because uh, just like... She represents a lot of entrepreneurs. She's an entrepreneur herself. So here we are. Here Let's, we this are. This is a very meta. This is a very meta meta podcast. It I'm really glad to have you is. on, Brandy. Thanks. Very meta. I'm, very meta. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And yes, it is super meta. Super meta. We're in the matrix. We're about to go to the matrix, which <laughs> the new movie comes out sometime next year, I believe, which is interesting. So exciting. That's a whole different topic. It is. <laughs> All right, Brandy. Shall we get right into it? Let's get right into it. All right, Brandy. So um, first question for you, what's something that you nerd out about? Yeah, so I love the Nova series uh, that PBS puts out. It is awesome. They cover everything from nature, brain, just like life science, everything that you could possibly imagine. They take a deep dive in each episode. They kind of focus in on one area and and take a really deep, peculiar dive and in, into all things um, surrounding that particular topic. Mm. I'm curious about the word peculiar. Please expand. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it, it's interesting because they'll... Okay. So like one of my favorite Nova episodes is all around um, the eagle. And they, you know, the eagles are incredible, but they'll, they'll take yeah. like a, they, it's not just like your basic information about an eagle. Like they go really deep and far into like an eagle's eyesight, like the eagle's eye and why it's, it's far superior than the human. But also the limitations is that with that, it's, it's all about the cones, the number of cones um, mm. in, that you, so we have like, 
there's like 200,000 and a Eagle has double that amount. But with that, it also is, it creates a lot of light sensitivity. So the reason yeah. why they kind of have that stern look is because their eyes are always having to be shaded because they're so sensitive. Oh, so, look at that. that is so cool. I had no idea. I know, right? That's I know. really cool. And it creates a lot of, of, of blind spots for them. So when they are like soaring up high, it actually helps them capture their prey just because of the way that they have to look because of their, their almost like their hood around their eyes. Yeah. Is the, um, is that also like the additional cones? Is that also why they can capture fish underwater when as humans, we, the light gets refracted for us and totally. what we see in water. Yeah. Yeah. So they, do they not, do they not experience the same, like, um, birds of prey that fish, do they not have the same light refraction issue that humans do with water? I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but I would yeah. assume not. Yeah. I think they have that like superior, that superior vision. They're able to kind of see through the water and, and pluck their prey. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, um, I remember Nova. I think it's been around for a long time, hasn't it? A very long time. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember, I think I remember watching this as a kid and, um, I don't remember any specific episodes, but it's been a long time since I've heard about this. So thanks for bringing something. They're still producing episodes and they actually have like show notes for all of their episodes. What? Yeah. If you hop on their website and let's say you're more of a reader and you just kind of want to skim and find out some interesting facts, you can just, you can look at their show notes. It's all transcribed. Yeah. This reminds me a little bit of um, the podcast stuff you should know. Do you listen to that? Yes. Yes. I love stuff you should know. I, there, I love it because there's so many topics you're like, oh, do I really need to know about this thing? No, but I really want to. And then you just learn these like random facts. That would be, other than my own podcast, which we're obviously doing right now, that would be another podcast I would love to do is just get with guests and talk about just random kind of some, some of it's trivia, some of it's like history, like things that like we just don't know about. And quite frankly, me knowing, me knowing the history of like, um, dysentery in the 1800s. I'm making something up. They didn't actually cover this, but like, you know, like they cover these things. You're like, my life is fine without knowing this, but for some reason it's better by knowing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's the intrigue, right? And it could be it's the like, intrigue. it's like the show dirty jobs. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, like, I don't, I don't want a dirty job, but it sure is really interesting to know that like such dirty jobs exist and what do they all entail? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Speaking of dirty jobs, and this is a clean episode, so we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about your comfort zone. And I first want to hear from you, Brandy, about something that is inside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. that's going to be outside of somebody else's. Yeah. Um, so I like to dabble a little in the taking of cold showers. So that yeah. is... Comfortable is a comfort that I have gotten to. It was not a overnight comfort. <laughs> it took me mm-hmm. quite some time to be able to tolerate a cold shower for a couple minutes, but it is something that not a lot of people want to try. No, no. How? So I know people that do it. I've tried it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. It was not the hill I was willing to die on at the time. <laughs> I didn't have the. I didn't have the fortitude, but. I, I'm curious. I I hear a lot of people talk about how how much they enjoy it and how much it really helps them. So I, I know there's a value to it. How long did it? Do you remember how long it took you before you're kind of like looking forward to it? This is something that's cool. Cool pun intended. 
versus like, oh my God, I have to take a cold shower again. Yeah. So I don't even know if I look forward to it still to this day. It's like one of those things that I like make myself do and I do it towards the end. So I, I'm not, I'm not that hardcore. I don't start off cold. I start off warm and then I work my way to cold. So I do get the warmth still, but then I crank the cold yeah. For a couple minutes and then I crank the warm back before I get out of the shower. So I don't know if that's cheating a little bit, but yeah, the, I'm picturing some cold shower purists who are like, that's not the cold shower. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, no. like, she's nothing. You're, nothing. You're weak. <laughs> but I will tell you this. So my son, my nine year old son actually inspired me to do this because he is obsessed with Wim Hof, who is the Iceman, who has like trained his mm-hmm. body to do all sorts of, to basically tolerate all sorts of extreme temperatures, both hot and cold. And so he will take a full on ice bath. Like he plunges his body into his bath, my nine-year-old, and he'll sit in there for like 10, 15 minutes. And then he- Aren't you in danger of hypothermia at that point? He's like, he, it's like he, it's, it's so interesting to watch him get out of that ice bath. And he just, it's like, he's just refreshed. And he says that he's like, I wake up better in the morning. He does it at night before he goes to bed, which is interesting to me. Cause that would Oof. like definitely not put me to sleep. I think I would be no. like, and he kind of like dances around the house a bit. He's freezing cold, but he's not like, like to the touch, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't like, I can't even give you a hug. You're so cold, but yeah. he, he loves it. He loves it. He's like, it's invigorating. It's, he's like, it's, I don't know. He's like obsessed with taking his ice baths at night. Yeah. He's prepping for his football career. <laughs> yeah. You see his guys are like, their, their legs are just like black and blue. I know. And then they, they lay in that, they lay in that ice. But I mean, I, I mean, there's obviously a tremendous healing power to it. Lots of it's, um, inflammation. Yeah. yeah Decrease yeah. inflammation. Yeah. I like the, um, like when you go to living in New York, they, we have like Russian baths and stuff. I like going to the cold pool, which is really cold, but then you run into like 130 degree sauna really quickly. Like sitting in the cold pool for like three minutes is not, not something I want to do. No, but then even in the, in the spas, you get, you get a reward, right? You get to then be right. in. A steam room, a sauna, a hot tub. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I can't wait till the people read, write it and they're like, cold shower for the win or you you all are crazy. It's, it seems <laughs> to also be a very divided topic when you bring up people like, nope, or, oh, I'm interested, or yes, I do it. And I yeah. swear by it. It's interesting to me that people are a hard no on it, like not even willing yeah. to entertain or try it. Like they just are like, absolutely not. We'll never do that. Because there's really no, at the end of the day, like the stakes are quite low other than a little bit of discomfort. You just turn the warm back on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It seems pretty low. A little bit of pain. I think there's some basic human survival going on there of like avoiding pain. Truly. I also think that people, you know, I think for a lot of folks, that warm shower is part of their, it's almost like a meditation. It's part of the yeah, morning routine. Sure. They look forward to it. So yeah. they're just they're not willing to to pass that up. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna um we're gonna move to the other side of this coin. 
and going to ask you about something that's outside of your comfort zone that's going to be inside of somebody else's. What do you got for us there, Brandy? Yeah, well, it's something I feel pretty strongly about. And those who are close to me know that I am not a fan of white pants. It is white pants. Just, I feel like it is, you're just asking for trouble. I want to know what kind of world you live in that you can sit down on a seat and not, and, and assume that nothing is, is going to be on your pants when you stand up. So I don't know. That just seems, it seems courageous and a risk that I just, I just won't do it. But I know that you just won't do it. It's, it's stylish. And I see a lot of people walking around in white pants. So you don't have a problem with others' white pants. It's for you, the white pants is a problem. Yeah, but it also confuses me when I see people wearing white pants. I just like, I, I don't, it just seems like something that, it seems arrogant, quite frankly. <laughs> I feel like this is like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> like the person gets attacked for where they're like, this is, you're just arrogant. Um Okay, I want to ask. I want to. My follow up question is here: Is white dress is that the same thing, or is that different? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I think it could be different because white dress, like you're gonna go to an event, right? I'm thinking maybe you're wearing a white dress to. I guess you wouldn't wear it to a wedding. That would be bad, right? You're not supposed to. That would, that would be pretty strange to wear a white dress to a wedding <laughs> unless you were the bride. I would. I would. It's been done. I'm sure. So maybe an event, I don't know, a white dress, like just seems like you're going to take more care, maybe more caution around mm. your attire. Yeah. But like pants, you're just, you're just kicking around, you know, you may have to travel on some sort of a public transit. I don't know. I guess people that wear white pants may not, may not travel on public transit. Maybe that's the thing. No, I can assure you they do. Cause I see them in New York. Okay. So risky. It's risky. I, I, you know, I'm. This is one of those things I'm never going to be able to unsee now. I'm always going to think of you and be like, be like, hmm. be like, yo, Brandy, what do you think of this person? Um, I don't, I know, I don't judge the person. Yeah, yeah. It's just not, it's not going to be a thing for you. It's never going to be a thing for me. Yeah. I just, never I be. just, I just can't. You're like, I'm willing to freeze my booty off in the shower, but there's no way these white pants are happening. Yeah, I love hard, it. That's hard awesome. Line. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I'm going to, uh, want to talk a little bit about this is, this is, um, my stealthy, not so stealthy. What do you care about question? Hmm? So the question I have for you is if I was to give you five minutes and on this podcast, which I'm giving you five minutes, not to do a speech, but you got more than five minutes with us here and you were able to have share your message with the whole world. What is the message that you that you would share with all of us in five minutes? And what would be your call to action at the end of it? In other words, like what would you want us to do with the the thing that you share with us? Yeah. Besides not wearing white pants. Because <laughs> that's that's your platform. <laughs> Here's the deal. I feel as a society, we are very divided. Um, and I think that when we really sit down across from anyone, I think most of us at the end of the day, all want the same thing. We just have a different way of getting there. And I want people to be just a little bit more tolerant of different ideas, different beliefs, different people, and just 
assume positive intent. Like I just, I think that we've come to this place where a lot of us are very reactionary and assume the bad negative in, in everyone or everyone we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want people to just be more tolerant. That's what I'm asking for. That's my call to action mm. is to just be more yeah. tolerant. You mentioned something at the beginning that I want to ask you about. And you said, we all want the same thing. What's the thing that you think we all want? I think that we all make, you know, it's, it's interesting when we, I think we all want safety and security when we boil it all down and connection and whatever, whatever capacity that looks like. I think that those are like kind of three pretty, pretty basic things that we all want. We all are kind of striving for, you know, outside of the, the things that are material or, you know, money driven. Those those are things that I think at, at everyone's core, we all really want. Yeah. Well, I would say safety and security specifically are direct correlation to financial like like that actually directly relates to that. Yeah. For for some people and then at some point it you've got the safety and security and then I think it's driven by other things but Sure, but immediately, um, right? Yeah, safety and security coming from yeah. financial means. Yeah. Very cool, Brandy. Um we're going to take a really brief commercial break and we'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show. Email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Brandy, we are back. So um, I'm just going to get right into this. What do you want us to know about you? Hmm. Well, I am a mother of three boys. I am a wife to my husband of 20 years. Just feels 20 years. Congratulations. No, I know. That feels pretty big. Um, I grew up in a small town in Iowa and moved to Denver, Colorado about 15 years ago. And I'm never leaving. Colorado is amazing. I've started two businesses here in Denver, Colorado. And, um, yeah, I just, I think that you know, being an entrepreneur coming, kind of coming from this like rural community, spending a lot of time by myself, kind of figuring out what it is that, that I wanted to do and and how I wanted to live my life and coming to Colorado and starting a family, starting businesses. I think that that, that is kind of, that's it. That's kind of where, where my journey has been and where I am today. Yeah. What, um, I think I shared with you, I'm from Minnesota, so I've been to Iowa a lot. My sister went to um, college in Iowa. She went to uh, Wartburg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in Cedar Falls. Yeah. Uh, or around there? No. Ish? I don't – I think so. Yeah. It's somewhere in the – I think it's somewhere in the eastern part of the state, but I don't even remember. But um, 
But I used to drive 35 from Minnesota because my grandparents are in Kansas. So I, I spent a lot of time in Kansas or in Iowa. We actually almost, my dad is a city manager. We, he almost became the city manager of Ames. No way. Like he was, I think he may have even turned it down. Um, yeah. So we, we were almost, uh, almost Iowans, but we you ended up in Minnesota Iowans. instead. Almost where, Iowans. Where were you at in Minnesota? Uh, we're in the suburbs of St. Paul. Okay. Yep. So the Twin Cities. So was your dad a city manager in the he was. suburb? Okay. Yep. He was city manager in three different suburbs in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Very cool. So we moved yeah. on, we moved around, but all within the Twin Cities. So yeah, we're, we were, we were neighbors without even knowing it. <laughs> we were. we're state neighbors. Um, yeah. What's the, what did you learn from growing up in a, uh, did you say you grew up on a farm? I did grow up on a farm. Yeah. I, yes. I grew up on a turkey farm. Actually, we had yep. 30,000 turkeys and that's it. it. Just yeah, 30,000 turkeys. It. That was it. No, no, no small feet. I was laughing because, you know, people would always ask me, you know, where did you go for, where'd your family travel to? And I was like, we didn't, we didn't travel. I think I was like Thanksgiving. We were three months while we did was get those turkeys out the door. (laughs) Who is going to watch your turkeys while you travel? That doesn't happen. They stink. Don't don't they stink? They smell terrible. Yeah. Like the 30,000 turkey poops. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's bad. Very bad. Yeah. And they're such dumb animals too. So dumb. So dumb. Yeah. These, these, the (laughs) domestic turkeys are pretty, wild turkeys are actually smart, but these turkeys were very dumb. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> You're like, come over here. We're going to put you in this other place. They're like, okay. Yeah, here we come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the, um? how do you think growing up with that background has lent itself to who you are today in terms of the entrepreneur, the, maybe the values that were instilled upon you? And the second part of my question, um, I'm actually going to stop there. I'm going to ask that one. Then I have a second part, but I'm going to be a good journalist and ask you one question at a time. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Well, even just a part of the kind of my story and, and being an entrepreneur, you know, I, th- I think it's not easy. It's very lonely being, a, being an entrepreneur and, um, you know, growing up on a farm, I didn't have, my brother is 11 years younger than me. So I was an only child for, for some time. It was just me and the turkeys. So, um, you know, just learning how to be pretty self-sufficient and entertaining myself. I think I always would like, I would always think about these different places and also where I wanted to be. Like I, you know, not getting to see a lot of the country, a lot of the world, like always kind of daydreaming and looking through books. And, and I, I I think that that really kind of paved the path for me, um, through college and then on to my career. So uh, I think, you know, you, you know, as an entrepreneur as well, that it's, it's lonely and it's a lot of hard work. And there is, there's times when you feel great, like everything's going your way and everything's moving in the right direction. And then there are a lot of times that it feels like you're falling off a cliff. Yeah, (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about, Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've never experienced anything like that. Um, so the second part of my question is now as a mother of um, three boys, I would assert that you don't live on a farm in Denver. Do not. No. So what's the, are your kids curious? Do, like, do you talk to them about what life was like for you growing up versus for them? Cause I, um, and I'm asking partially because I grew up in the suburbs and I, do not live in the suburbs. We live in the city. So 
it'll be interesting when my kids are old enough and our daughter is five now. So we can start to talk about this is like, cause remember as a kid, this is all, you know, like, you don't know what it's like to do anything else. And now do you ever hear any of your kids saying, you're like, you're like, do you know what I did? Like, you know, with the turkeys or do you ever, does that ever come up at all? Do they, do they care? All the time. And they don't care. They yeah. They don't, don't care. care. Right. You they know, it's, it's, it's the same thing our parents did to us. Right. Where it was like, Oh, you know, we ate spam and, you know, canned beans and it just like, I don't, Okay. Great. Cool. Yeah. But you know, they do go, we go back to Iowa. So my husband's from Iowa as well. So they do mm. get that experience. And I think even, you know, when you start to talk to your children about living in a suburb versus a city and the freedom that I'm sure that you had, you're able to jump on your bicycle and ride around the neighborhood and go visit friends. And that's just, that's not, yes, it, it will be an option for them perhaps, but it's, it's yeah. going to look a lot different. It's going to look different. Yeah. Yeah. But they do yeah, get a taste I'll, of it. Yeah. yeah. They'll, for us, what's interesting <clears throat> is the idea that our daughter can like take an elevator down a floor and go play with a friend. Like yeah. for me, I had to either walk or ride a bike or, Hey, my mom and dad have to drive me over for a sleepover and like, Oh, like we live on the eighth floor. Hey, there's your friends on six. Do you want to go do a play date with them? Which is also a, like, I don't think I ever rode in an elevator till I was probably 12. And our daughter knows, I mean, she only know. I mean, she knows stairs, obviously, but elevator is like a thing, a normal thing. Yeah. That's yeah, so, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Wow. I kind of wish I was, I wish kind of wish I, I like uh, my daughter is actually living the life that I think I now know that I would have wanted as a kid, but <laughs> my life, my life is great too. So I have no regrets, um, yeah. which leads me to the part of the show. That's all about me, which is. Yes. Just obviously my favorite part because, you know, I just love to hear myself talk. Um, I'm half kidding about that. Half kidding. So, Brandy, um, I'm going to hand you the hosting mic and see if you've got a question or maybe even two that you wanted to ask me that I can answer for everybody. So what are you interested in hearing from from me? Yeah, I want to I want to hear about the guests that you have on the show. So what makes mm -hmm. for you? What makes a good guest? What makes a good guest? That is uh um, a question that's interesting because it would, it's likely, yeah, thinking back, it's a great question. I've never been asked it. <clears throat> I think it's changed since I started the, the show. I think by the time your episode and our episode releases, I'll be at like episode 100. Wow. Yeah. So two years, 100 episodes. My goal is um, 50 a year. That gives me a little bit of break. And also um, uh, I can do some bonus episodes, though, those and such. So I would have told you when I started. That what makes a good guest for me is somebody that's like, I'm not going to say celeb, but like it's somebody that like has some sort of thing that like I think people really want to hear about. And I'm actually finding that that's not really the case. I mean, it, it kind of is, but for me, what makes a much, it's not an either or, it's not like you get one or the other, but my favorite episodes are the ones where we just have a super fun and open conversation and people are willing to bring them their full self. And by full self, yes, I know we're not talking about everybody's, we're not doing therapy and talking about deep, dark secrets here, but people that are willing to just come on and have fun and not be so, um, <clears throat> uh, not so attached to like, I have to get my message. I have to use this as, like a big marketing thing. Like, sure. Like people are going to listen to our episode. They're going to hear about you. They're going to hear me. Cool. That's great. But just people that want to have fun because that's kind of my stand. Mm -hmm. And so that would, for me, that makes a good guest. And so it's interesting. People are like, oh, what kind of guest do you want? And I said, it's kind of a tough question because yeah. it's not a niche podcast. 
So it's not, and you and I have talked a little bit about this. It's not like I'm like, hey, send me all the athletes that you represent. Would I like to talk to athletes? Love to. Would I want to talk to an athlete who's like talking to a brick wall? No, I'd rather I'd rather talk to um, somebody who is not famous and really entertaining than like somebody who's famous who comes on with some canned script. So for me, what makes a good guest is just the interactivity, having fun, um, being willing to share their truth and want to add value to all of us. And for me, that's kind of enough, which is the premise of the show, like talking to cool people. People are like, hey, what makes somebody cool? I'm like, kind of that. Yeah. To me, I think somebody's cool if they're willing to be themselves, And which is if you look at my roster of guests after 100 episodes, it's a very wide mix of people that I've had on. There really very is. Very wide mix of people. Very uh, eclectic, interesting, all races, nationalities, professions, ages, uh, people that own all sorts of interesting businesses. I've got my episode tomorrow, and we're recording this in October. My episode tomorrow is a woman who... Um, is the founder of a monster mini golf franchise, 22 locations around the country. She's a not phenomenal, hilarious. Like she owns a monster mini golf. That's like, so that cool. Is not, it's so cool. And it's like, who would have thought, but she's was on my show. We had a really fun conversation. I learned a lot about the mini. I learned a lot about adult, inter, like, a, like friendly adult entertainment and like kids and adult <laughs> entertainment things. So um, yeah, all that to be said, anybody you can come on, have a good conversation and share what they're up to. I'm, I'm pretty much down for it. So anybody listening, who's interested in coming on next season, which, you know, will start in January because I'm, I'm booked up through the end of the year, hit up my website and, you know, hit me up. Uh, even better, hit up Brandy. That's probably yeah. the best place to start. Hit up Brandy is the, um, go to Brandy's website at kitcaster.com and, and check out what they do if you want to come on the podcast here. Yeah, that's great. So thank great. you for the uh, question. Yeah, and and thank you for the answer. And I, and I think that that's really, it's interesting because I've actually heard that from a few folks who have started a podcast that they had an idea of the types of guests that they wanted on. And then once they got in, they were like, huh, actually, that's not what I want at all. And and yeah. they all kind of say the same thing of having like real authentic conversations. Yeah. The, the one type of guest that uh, I haven't really attracted, I've been pitched a couple of times and I, is somebody that wants to come on and like talk about their system or procedure, or this is the way that they do this thing from like a process perspective. Mm. There's a lot of podcasts that are phenomenal at that. And I, it's just, that's not what this is for. Yeah. Um, if I wanted somebody to come on and like, Hey, like Brandy, tell us how you start and run a podcast booking agency. And we spent an hour talking about how you built the business. That's cool. If I asked you that question, but that's not what I'm asking you here. Yep. Can still do it. So, um, so thank you for the question. I want to check in. Do you have another question or would you like me to rip away the rip away the mic and I, hosting mic back? I do. I have one more. It's a fun one. Uh -oh. You ready for it? Uh -oh, I love fun one. Okay. I set, I set myself up for this one. You did. You did. Um, if you were a kitchen utensil, utensil. Oh man. What would you be and why? Yes. Do the pots and pans count as utensils? Yeah, we'll let that count. Is that a utensil? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, know if how... it is technically, but it's okay. Yeah. For this, okay. you can. Well, it's it, no, it's funny because um, I'm thinking about like, do I understand the definition of a utensil? Like, is it a <laughs> thing you have to hold that you use to like stir or like a fork or spoon? Or does it include all kitchen things? I'll have to ask my wife a no. She's great in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, she's, great the, like, she's a good cook, so she would know. Yeah. Um, the immediate thing that comes to mind for me is I would be a lodge frying pan, a lodge mm -hmm. cast iron frying pan. Is it's yeah. solid. Um, it 
if you keep it, if you keep it, um, oiled slash, you know, you, you leave some oil in it. It, it really stands the test of time. It, it can cook things fast. I'm a very impatient and fast person. So, um, and the other thing is it's like my wife, my daughter and I is one of our favorite foods is bacon and there's just nothing better than, than, uh, than bacon in a cast iron pan. Yes. Um, and they don't, they don't warp. They don't warp. They don't, um, they're, they, you can make things really hot in them, which is cool. You can also do things a little bit not as hot and they maintain their heat. So you can actually turn off the heat and still cook in them. And they work great on campfires. That's the other thing too. We like to camp. So you can put them on a campfire and they they don't get screwed up. What's your favorite campfire dish? Is it bacon? S'mores. 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 And do you do them just like traditional? Do you do it yeah. in a cast iron? That'd no, be cool. No, no, no. How would you do that? I don't think you would. I think the graham cracker would just torch. Did it, it'd be terrible. It would be terrible. No, but we just, uh, my daughter loves s'mores too. Yeah. Just straight up, like stick with a marshmallow, boom, slap it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. except we like, uh, I like it. Like I like the mini Reese's peanut butter cups better Ooh, than chocolate. That sounds delicious. Good. I've it's never done good. that hack before. Sounds there, good. It's a hack. This there, there's a pro tip. You, your, uh, your three sons will thank me. So yeah, do they that will. thing. If they like peanut butter, they'll be like, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Did I pass, did I pass the interview? You did. The, you did. Yeah, you Would did you hire good. me if that was my question? Okay. <laughs> you know what? Um, Very great response. Sometimes people nail the utensil, but they don't give a good reason why they chose whatever they chose. So. Yeah. I think I know where this question is coming from. My guess is that you use this in your interviewing process. Cause I know you have a, you have a really cool team of like, human everybody's human but like it's a very holistic look the way you run your company is very holistic you want people to show their authentic selves yeah i'm curious if you'd be willing to share what's the strangest answer you've ever gotten to that question Mm, the strangest oh gosh it was a can opener okay and i don't i don't even remember like I think it was so strange because it was like completely disconnected from what they ended up saying. And now I cannot remember what it was, but I was like, huh, that's really interesting. A can opener. (sighs) And then it was just like, and I cannot remember why they chose that, but it was not even related at all to what an actual can opener does. That's funny. I, I have an, I have a quick answer for that that just popped into my head. What is it? Um, I'm like a can opener. I am, I am willing to take something that is nearly impossible to do without me and make it really easy. That's a great. Yeah. It is. Cause like, if you think about like a can, you can't like without something, you can't like, can't open a can, but with a can opener, it's a piece of cake. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like an, op- like an operations person, you're like this thing that's really challenging to do. I can do it and I can do it easily and do it quickly. There you go. Yeah. So if somebody's listening and, and here's this question for Brandy sometime, you can use mine. She'll be like, you know what? That's <laughs> Take <Jason's> a can <laughs> opener. <laughs> She's like, you cannot use can opener and you cannot use a large <laughs> frying pan. Sometimes can openers are actually pretty impossible to use. They can, they can be, be, especially the really cheap tricky. ones are terrible. They're so yeah. bad. So bad. But anyway. Yeah. All but, right. Thank you for the questions, Brandy. Those are yeah, really fun. Yeah. Man, I love it. I feel like I'm like a Google Google interview or something and I'm like, do like personality test like, is a large frying pan, is this a guy a psycho? Is that like a psychotic answer? <laughs> is he going to hit us with it? Is he going to hit us with it? Is he going to end up in the basement in the corner? <laughs> All right. Um, back to you, my dear. So Brandy, uh, what's, what are you passionate about? 
Mm, I am passionate about improving myself every day in all aspects, whether it be parenting, being a good partner to my husband, being a good leader in my company, improving myself personally, meditating, reading, journaling. So I think always striving to be just a little bit better every Mm day. Yeah. Do you know the, the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen? No. It's, I, 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 you know, speaking of like knowledge and like, like things out in the sphere of like, did you know this? I, I may get this wrong, but I I think this is correct. So Kaizen means small improvements every day. And it, I believe it was invented by Toyota and it was specifically around manufacturing of cars. And the idea is that um, small improvements over time equals a huge shift, right? So if you shift, if you think about it, like a car manufacturing line, if you're doing process improvement every day and you're shifting that thing 0.1% every day in a hundred days, you've had a 10% production increase. So it's the idea of that. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. also the same person. Like the podcast is a good example. If you listen to the podcast almost two years ago versus how it is now, how I run it now, very different. Like the way I coach, I'm sure the way you run your businesses, like over time, like what are the small things? Cause the, the big shifts, I don't, I'm a big believer that humans we're not really built for big shifts. Like we need to practice the muscle and do it and do it and do it. And over time, you know, people that want like the quick transition or the, Hey, I've never meditated before. I'm going to start with 20 minutes a day. Like we know how that generally goes for people or um, like it's the small things over time. And you see this with kids all the time too. Like, like kids need to practice these things over and over and over again. And then one day you're like, Oh wow, you're a great reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is kind of, to me goes a little counter counter productive to um, personal development. Some of the things in personal development and like Americans, we like things fast. We like them quick. So you see, I mean, the best example of this is obviously the fitness industry and especially like the nineties, like, Oh, this ab roller, you're going to have a six pack in a week. I'm like, you don't get a six pack by doing a lot of sit-ups. You do a, get a six pack by not eating anything. If you're genetically inclined, like most of us, Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No. What's, and I, um, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think it's, I think that's right back onto what you said is that it's really important, like to make a shift, to make a change. Like you think about how long it takes you to create a habit, even if it's a bad habit, but then reversing yeah. that. And then it takes just small baby steps every day. And that meditation example is perfect because people get frustrated yeah. and they stop. They're like, Oh, I can't sit. I can't quiet my brain for five minutes. <laughs> well then do it for 30 seconds. Right. There's no rules. Exactly. Take five breaths. Yeah. Start somewhere. Exactly. You're not, you're not in a meditation competition. Although there, although in America, there probably is a meditation oh, competition. Somewhere. I am that sure. seems like something. Yeah. Whether in- you like, they hook you up to like a brainwave machine and they're like, wait, Brandy, you're, you spiked about this level. You're out. <laughs> it's probably in California. <laughs> probably. That's something something New Yorkers would do too. Is like, we're going to, we're going to compete on who can be the best <laughs> effing meditator. <laughs> And if it hasn't been taken and somebody wants to participate, we'll do a joint venture together. We'll, we'll run the, the world <laughs> meditation championship. Let's do it. <laughs> who can have the calmest, who can have the calmest brainwaves? <laughs> All right. Um, so Brandy, what's the thing that you're most proud of? Yeah. Uh, so I would say my, what I'm most proud of is my raising children. Like I, it is like, it is my proudest achievement and it is, mm-hmm. It teaches me something new every single day. 
And if you have more than one kid, you know that they are all different. They all require something just a little bit different. It's not a one size fits all model. That's why I'm always laughing at the, at the parenting, all the parenting books out there. It's like, that's great, but this is maybe a little bit of a different situation. And I, I think just being able to parent with, um, with, with empathy, but also boundaries, like kids need boundaries. Um, and yeah. they also just need to know, I think it's just like empathizing with how they're feeling and, and sometimes they're, they feel out of control and they don't know what to do with that emotion and just kind of recognizing how they're feeling and, and working with them. Yeah. I like the, I like that analogy about parenting. I, I say this a lot too. If, um, if what we really wanted out of life was on the bookshelf, we just go buy a few books and read it. And then, and especially if somebody wrote a book on the secret to a happy marriage or the secret to being a good parent, or, you know, you'd be, a, you'd be the best selling author of all time <laughs> because that is a universal thing that people want. Yeah. My, my first coach I ever worked with, she would call them shelf help books. Shelf and I said, that's, <laughs> I said, that's great. I read a lot of them too. Like I, I love, I love reading. I, I read a lot of books and it's, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that, you know, I think a lot of people go chasing the thing that there's missing by through a book. And I just, for me anyway, it just doesn't work. Like it's, it's good additional information, but I need to have other support structures by like, I don't, I've never read a self-help book that's changed my life where I'm like, Oh, I've been an idiot. And suddenly I've got these new habits and I'm ready to roll. Yeah. And my life has changed. It usually comes from, you know, like, uh, leadership, like, uh, parents or having children, coaching therapy, having good managers, like other humans, you'd mentioned connection for me. Like not much gets done in my life without connecting to other people. And that's how I grow. Like, I don't, I don't, and I just don't believe that most people get what they truly want from reading a book. No. And a lot of it comes from just self-realization, right? Like, yeah, yeah. and making mistakes. Like I've made plenty of them and plenty of mistakes in parenting and, and looking back yeah. on it and being like, Ooh, I didn't handle that good. And then admitting it, Hey, I'm not proud of that, yeah. but here's what I was feeling. How, what were you feeling? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I love that. The shelf help book. Shelf help. I, when she said that to me, I'm like, yeah, yep. that, that's for that. And I like accurate. them too. And you can usually find yeah, like a, like a magical nugget out of each one sure. of those books, right? Like just something that yeah. you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's, that makes, I can, I can get on board with that. Yeah. I'm going to offer something to you before we move on that my, one of my good friends, his kids are, they're grown now. I mean, they're, they're all young adults. And he used to say to them, um, when they would complain, like, oh, you screwed me up or whatever. He's like, he's like, here's a, here's a dollar. Go put it in your therapy jar. And they would have it. And over time they like had like some money, you know, like, yep, I screwed up. Go take it. And when you're, and when you're 18, I'm going to hand you this money. You can go hire a therapist. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. pretty good. I know. I joke around with my husband. I'm like, why are we saving for college? We should probably just be sh- saving for therapy. <laughs> therapy therapy. It's going to be, Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandy. Uh, speaking of therapy, I yes. have a therapeutic. I have a. a we're gonna go straight, oh. Doctor Melfi here. I Uh-oh. don't know if you're a Sopranos fan. We're gonna go straight, Doctor Melfi. Yes. Here. All right. Um, I'm not even gonna try and do an impression of her because I cannot <laughs> possibly sit back and be as quiet and demure as her. But um, uh, what's something that you're afraid might actually be true about you? Uh, wow, that's a big question. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do have a therapist and she did say to me one time that she thinks she's like, what do you think about the term self-righteous? <laughs> I was like, I think that sounds really bad. And she was like, I think that you may have a little bit of that. Like, oh, that's a, such a perfect therapist way of saying it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you you're self-righteous. I want to, I want to see how this lands for you. I'm going to throw it out there like a big pile of shit on the table. And then all you're going to be able to do is think about how self-righteous you are. But I'm not telling you you're self-righteous. That's great. I'm, your therapist is amazing. That's a very Dr. Melfi thing to do. Totally. Just like dropped it on me. I was like, gosh, that sounds terrible. And she was like, well. Randy, how does that make you feel? <laughs> and then I started to think about it. She's like, she kind of just left it there. Like she didn't really, yeah. we didn't dive into it. She wasn't like, well, these behaviors, you know, she was like, I just want to drop that there and I want you to think about yeah. it. And then when we come back again, you can tell me what you think about it. And I was like, all right. So I think that I may have a little bit of that going on. Um, so yeah, can I, I have to say what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Let's hear what you're thinking. You missed a golden opportunity to come back in the next session. Be like, who are you to tell me that I'm self-righteous? <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. Do you understand how good I am? <laughs> There's like, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and she'll be like, she'll be like, uh-huh. <laughs> you see what we're doing here? She opens up a textbook definition. <laughs> She's like, yeah, there's definitely no self-righteous in here. So the second part of this question that you um, that I want to ask you is, if that is something that you're afraid might be true about you, what do you do to compensate for it? Ooh, I have to really, so what I have been doing, cause I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, like, I wouldn't come back to her and say that, right. I was able to reflect yeah. and be like, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, you know, I actually do that a lot. So now, and I mostly do it to the people that are closest to me because that's who we feel most comfortable with. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of allow those like deep, dark behaviors to just like appear So I have to really control myself. Like I have this inner monologue and I'm like, okay, inner monologue, you're staying there. You're not coming out. That you may be thinking this, but this cannot come out of your mouth. (laughs) So I've just been censoring myself, really. Yeah. Like anytime I want to say something that actually is like a really like, you know, I know way more than you do. I can do that 10 times better than you. What are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? I just, I just stop. Yeah. You know, you gave your tell a lot earlier in the episode, didn't you? You know that, right? No. The white jeans. I can I know. see where people would say that that's, that could be a self-righteous thing. Could be. You know what? It could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. I would, Brandy, I would, if I were you, I would strongly recommend you take that to your therapist. Should I stop talking about my hatred of white pants? <laughs> Brandy, what do the white pants represent from your childhood? (laughs) Maybe it's because I grew up in a super dirty environment and I just like... That's it. I feel like I just don't even understand what kind of world somebody would live in to be able to walk around in my Your inner child is crying out for the farm and the dirt still. This is is a whole... Yeah. For me, it's like the first thing from a therapist, this is the whole thing that we're getting into. This is great. I mean, this is... I like You it. just cracked it. I'm not sure why I'm paying a therapist. I just come on the podcast. I think we don't just... Don't worry. I'll, my invoice is in the mail, so you don't <laughs> worry about it. My email. It'll be, it'll be after the episode. 
Okay. I've got um uh I've got a couple of the questions for you. Okay. You've got a little more time for us. Mm-hmm. And um so this is one that's a little more, I don't know, expansive. Okay. Not so therapeutic. So um how do you see the world? Hmm. Well, I'm pretty optimistic. So I I see the good in most people, unless I'm being self-righteous. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, I think, again, going back to what I would, what my call to action would be, the tolerance piece, but I, I feel like there, it's really easy for people to focus on what's happening in the world from a negative lens. But I think there's a lot of positive in the world. And I think we've come a very long ways as a society and we have a, a long ways to go, but we're hopefully always micro improvements all the time so that we can get to that place. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not a doomsday person. I don't think that the, you know, the world is imploding and everything's terrible. Um, I think for the most part, we're, we're, we're good. We have a lot, we have work to do, but I think overall we're in a, we're in a good place. I like it. Positive. Yeah. That was not self-righteous. It wasn't self-righteous. No, it's no. just a small part of who you are. It's just, it's just, just a piece. Yeah. That was nice, Brandy. Um, I want to spend a minute and talk about KitCaster here at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, tell us about KitCaster. What is KitCaster? What do y'all do over there? How can people connect, et cetera? Yeah. So we are a podcast booking agency. We're essentially a conduit between folks who want to be a guest on podcasts, who want to share their expertise, tell their stories and podcasts. So we connect the two, those who want to be on podcasts and those who are looking for folks to be on their show. That's what we do at KitCaster. And we do a, what we call a podcast tour where we are sending people on three podcast interviews every month for six months. So it shakes out to be about mm. 18 podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. What's, um, what was the genesis of the business? Like what was the inspiration for it? So I had a traditional PR firm before starting KitCaster and my- well, that makes sense. Yep, yeah. Yeah. So it's very much like PR. We just stay in our podcast lane. My co-founder came from the world of marketing and he also had a podcast in, here in Denver for eight years. So I had worked with him quite a lot, getting my clients on his show and we would meet up and just talk about business and ways we could collaborate. And finally we were like, Hey, let's try to do this. Let's, let's start this company focused solely in on podcasting. So two years ago, we decided to shut down our other businesses, solely focus on Kitcaster and. Here we are today, two years later. Here we are today. Yeah, 100, nice. 110 clients. We have a staff Amazing. of 18. Wow. I so know. Real, yeah, like a real thing over there. It's a legitimate business. Legitimate business. Yeah. And it's and it's perfectly smooth all the time as we talked about. <laughs> oh, Every yeah. day is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Dealing with schedules, so smooth. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone's always on time. There's always Zoom links to connect. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing is you have these diva podcast hosts who are just real. It can be they can be a little much sometimes. At least so I've heard. I, we you know I love like podcast hosts are actually pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome. What What makes pod? What do you think makes podcast hosts awesome? 
I think that this is the nature of podcasts. I mean, it's just, it's, it's more laid back, you know, it kind of, yeah. it kind of grew from, you know, a, a basement, like basement audio. And now people right. have like big fancy studios, but it's, you know, I just, I feel like it's like, it's more organic, I guess. I just, yeah. I feel like people are, are genuinely pretty kind and great and are just happy to, to be connecting and having great conversations. Yeah. And doing it in public. <laughs> yes. Um, the last question I have for you, I have two more questions for you. Speaking of podcasts, I just have to check in with you and see if you happen to be watching only murders in the building. No. Oh my God. Everybody listening. If you haven't watched it, Hulu, do you watch TV at all? Yeah, I do. What is it called? It's called Only Murders in the Building. Okay. It's, yeah, um, today is Tuesday, October 19th. I believe the season finale was yesterday. The plot is brilliant. It takes place in an Upper West Side, Central Park West, super nice apartment building. I think it's supposed to be a replica of the Dakota, which is where John Lennon lived and was shot. Yeah. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, and they there's a murder in the building and they create a true crime podcast. And Tina Fey plays um, a version of um, what's her name from Serial. Oh, what um, is it? Sarah? Sarah, Sarah Pollock. Uh, yeah. uh, whatever. But, yeah. um, but she plays like a fictionalized version of her. She's only in it for a little bit, but it's kind of making fun of true crime podcasts, <gasps> but it's brilliant. I mean, oh Steve, Steve Martin and Martin Short, like, come on. The, those two. It's great. Oh my gosh. But it's, that's it's amazing. Like, it's like a, it, it's really, um, the tone is really fun. Oh, it's got Nathan Lane. The tone is really fun. It's kind of a con it's, I mean, it's a comedy, so it's not very serious, but it's just, it's like, and also it's very New York, like the way, like the apartment building and the way they operate. But I think if you're a, you're into podcasting, you'd love it. Cause they, they like literally talk a lot about how they're podcasting and Martin short, like carries his microphones around. They're like, we got to go do this thing. And they're like doing the fake music. It's really funny <laughs> and really well done. Really well done. That is so cool. We actually like, we were trying to think what a good like podcast host persona would be. You know, like if mm -hmm. we were to kind of like create a meme or like something that would kind of represent podcasters as a whole, I mean, you definitely would be wearing headphones, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then I, I like You'd have to be wearing headphones, you know, what other stereotypical things, I mean, a microphone, of course, but like, is there, yeah. you know, like you look like a professor is always wearing a turtleneck and like, you know, yeah. square glasses, like what is there, is there a look? That's a good question. Do podcasters I don't know. Is have there a look? look? I don't know if they have a look. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think minus the microphone and the headphones, I think that might be it. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. Because we're like most of the time so. we're just like you know just hanging, just hanging, average people, and we're mostly doing it virtually. So like we're hanging in like you know what you wear when you're working virtually. Yeah, just just kind of like normal, not white pants. This thing no. I'm definitely not wearing white pants. Good. I never wear white pants either. I'm with you. Good. All right, Brandy. Um, this is an amazing conversation. I'm so delighted we made this work. Um, I would love if you would leave us all with some Brandy words of wisdom. Let's keep it short and sweet. You know, like we like this is a punchy, this is your cheesy motivational poster in the office. And I'm sure you have those just covered at KitKat. <laughs> this is the thing of like... Up there. So what, what kind of, uh, what do you got for us? What do you okay. got, over, got right. for us? Words of wisdom. Okay, here you go. And this is taped on my computer. So I look at this every Love. time that I open it and it is three words, honesty, openness, and willingness. 
honesty, honesty, openness, and willingness. Willingness. Hmm? What do you do when you find yourself with less access to one of those things or all those things? Like triggered, you got an employee who's pissing you off. Like, what do you, like, what do you do? I go for a walk. Mm. I need to move, move and breathe. Move and breathe. Yep. That's, that's it. And I think that actually, I think most people here do that. We kind of encourage it. Like if you need to, if you need some space, like just start walking. If I you need it. to grab a walk, ask, ask for a walking buddy, take a walk. So yeah. that's what I do. Unless you're about to book a podcast and you need them to like make sure that they're there on time. Yes. And you're like, nope, don't walk yet. Don't walk quite yet. Although we always tell our team there is no such thing as a podcast emergency. There's just, that no- is true. Because we're not live, so... If there's no emergency. Yeah. You no. may be a little late. Maybe there's a missed podcast, but these are all things that can be taken care of. There's no yeah. emergencies. Well, yeah. yeah. I will say as a host who likes to be on time, there does come a point where you're like, this person can't be on because they just show up too late. Yeah. But that doesn't that really doesn't happen very often. Like I can maybe count one or two times. And it was actually kind of a messed up on my part. So it really wasn't their fault either. Um, yeah, you can get frustrated cool. for sure. Like it's frustrating, yeah. but the, but it's not yeah. an emergency. It's, it's okay. just like a meeting. It's just like an inner meeting. Yeah. Yeah. All well, right, Brandy. Well, I want to, um, thank you again. Um, congratulate you, the rest of the Kitcaster team, your family, your sons, your husband, congratulations on everything you're up to. And I look forward to, um, releasing the episode and we look forward to seeing what you all continue to do. And we will, I'm sure we'll be connecting again very soon. That sounds good. Thank you, Jason. This is great. Thanks, Brandy. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.